Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! And welcome back to our number three. Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina and George Kurtz spending part of your weekend with you. Thank you for hanging out with us. The Fantasy Prince, Sean Engel, uh, producing our show, doing a great job. Uh, if you want to follow us uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm at Joe Galina, and you got uh, at George Kurtz. And uh, Sean, what's your uh, Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle is at uh, Shawman247. So uh, I know I, I don't always check it out sometimes, and I'm kind of guilty of mm-hmm. not doing that sometimes. But uh, I hope to actually start being on there more often and answering some NASCAR questions for people. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, so uh, there was a, a draft today, uh, George, a live draft, uh, the Flex League. That's the, uh, the league that... Uh, our own Jake Seeley started, and uh, you were questioning about uh, sometimes you, you don't know what to do uh, about Antonio Brown. And I believe that today's draft, George, was the PPR, right? Because I think there are two separate flex leagues. One's a PPR, one's yeah. non-PPR. Mm-hmm. There are two separate. And, Down uh, in Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think today was the PPR. But, uh, you know, Antonio Brown went with pick number six right after Chicago. Saquon uh, Barkley, which, you know, we had we had asked, uh, you know, I had asked you before which one you would do. And there's no wrong answer in this, but uh, uh, Jake Seeley with the fifth pick took uh, Saquon Barkley, and uh, Antonio Brown went right after. I said, I, there, you, you said it. There is no wrong thing to do here. It's, it's curious. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what I would do in that situation. I mentioned the only time I had mm-hmm. the fifth pick was in a, in a standard, and that was easy for me. I was certainly going running back in a standard league. But in a PPR league, I don't know what I would do at number five. And I know the two mm-hmm. drafts I have coming up, I think I have the fifth and the sixth pick, but they're both super flex leagues. So, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I'll throw things all out of whack as far as what, what do I take there. I would take Aaron Rodgers in either league if he's available there. He won't be. I know these leagues. These, uh, he'll go higher than that. But uh, mm-hmm. it comes down, like I said, it comes down to a theory. Do you want Antonio Brown and someone like Devonta Freeman? Or do you want Barkley and someone like Devontae Adams? You know, and even mm-hmm. Adams may not be there at the end, but you'll still get a, a, a good wide receiver, you know, one that you'll be happy with rather than a running back where you're mm-hmm. be like, oh, I think he'll pan out, but maybe not. You know, so that's the problem here right now. So uh, I don't blame uh, Jake at all for going Barkley. I said I think uh, mm-hmm. in the end I think I might lean that way as well to get the top running back. And it's, there's so much hype behind Barkley right now that uh, it wouldn't shock me. In three weeks, if Barkley starts to go ahead of David Johnson. Mm-hmm. So w- Jake, like we said, took uh, Saquon Barkley at pick number five. And in the second round, he went wide receiver uh, Devontae Adams. It's a nice start. Uh, and um, I don't want to r- mispronounce uh, uh, Rich's name, but he's from Roto World. You spell his name H-R-I-B-A-R. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the H might be silent, but he went Antonio Brown with the sixth overall pick. And your concern was, hey, with you know, who's going to be my running back, right? So uh, you know, who who would have been available for him? He his second round pick, he took uh, Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski, uh, the tight end for the Patriots. All right, so he's going zero but running he, back. Yeah, but uh, who would have been there for him? The next running back that was taken uh, in that second round was uh, Christian McCaffrey. And then uh, McKinnon, and you mentioned McKinnon that he'd probably yeah. be there for you. But McCaffrey, you know, in a PPR league, uh, not a bad, uh, you know, uh, running back to have. But uh, some some the saying that he's going to get twenty five to thirty uh, carries. I don't I don't see that happening, especially with C.J. Anderson there. 
Well, see, that's the rub. This is the exact scenario we brought up. Would you rather mm-hmm. have Barkley Adams or Antonio Brown, maybe McCaffrey, McKinnon, you know, or any of the mm-hmm. other running backs I named there? And that's the issue. Jordan no Howard was next back. too, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You mentioned no matter what Mixon running back you McCoy. mentioned now, there's going there's mm-hmm. going to be some warts. You know, with McCaffrey, mm-hmm. I don't. No matter how many carries he's, he's getting, he's not going to get a lot of touchdowns unless he's catching 12 yard touchdown receptions. The touchdowns are going to mm-hmm. go to, as far as rushing, to Cam and C.J. Anderson. That's just the way it's going mm-hmm. to be. You know, you, uh, I would think a good touchdown season for McCaffrey is eight, and that's upside. You're probably looking more around somewhere around six. Uh, so there's just not much upside there. McKinnon, he's, you know, he sort of reminds me of the Mahomes guys, the guys that also think he's going to be great because he's playing with Shanahan. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I think that whole offense is a little overrated as far as what's going on in San Fran. So I'm not all that sold on him. But once again, Brown, McKinnon, Barkley, Adams. Man, I love the Barkley Adams start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, Michael Thomas went with the eleventh pick overall, and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was the thirteenth pick overall. I mean, I, I don't want to nitpick here, but uh, does that surprise you at all, or is it a fair that kind of like flip flop? You know, or do you like one more than the other? Uh, you know, do you feel that? All right, so you had Thomas easy? at eleven, and who was the other guy? Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was the 13th overall. Well, I'm taking Beckham before uh, Thomas. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, you saw last year, the Saints' offense has changed. With Kamara, mm-hmm. and, and eventually when he comes back, with Kamara still there, defense is not you know, not what it used to be, and that's a good thing. Their defense is very mm-hmm. good. They don't need Breeze to throw the ball 40 to 50 times a game anymore. You know, the right. Thomas, and Thomas is a great receiver, don't get me wrong, but Odell Beckham, I mean, I'm going to take Beckham. I understand the Giants may do the same exact thing. I get mm-hmm. it. You know, uh, now that they have Barkley, they're going to run the ball a whole lot more. But still, you got Odell Beckham, you got Evan Ingram, uh, you got Sterling Shepard. They're going to throw the ball some too. They've made some improvements to the offensive line, half the Giants, adding uh, Nate Solder, adding Will Hernandez. I understand they lost some players too, so the overall improvement's not as big as just adding those two. But it's certainly improved. I think if Eli Manning, and, I, and this is also tough, at 37 years of age, it's tough to get out of your habits. But if he can get out of the habit of seeing the rush and throwing up his back foot, and get back into being a throw, stepping into throws, I think he could have a very good season here because teams are going to mm-hmm. sort of pick your poison. Do you put eight, eight men in the box to stop Barkley, or do you play with safeties over uh, the top to make sure Odell Beckham can't get by you? You know, and it's, it's not going to be an easy choice here. I think the Giants' biggest problem may be more front seven. Can you get enough pass pressure in the linebackers? But uh, I, I do like this Giant offense. So I get it. And once again, we're – we're sort of nitpicking here. I'll tell you the truth, I'm, I'm shocked that Beckham went 13th overall, period. Uh, even with mm-hmm. Brown going 6th, I would have thought Beckham would have went 8th or ninth. But that's, once again, it's nitpicking here. But I would have taken mm-hmm. Beckham over Thomas. What about this? I, I don't think this is nitpicking. I'm a little surprised that uh, Scott Fish took uh, A.J. Green with the 17th pick overall. And uh, that allowed uh, Jake Seeley to get uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I like A.J. Green, but I think I like Devontae Adams, you know, easily better than uh, than A.J. Green. That's just that's, that's me. I probably agree with everything you said except that easily over A.J. Green. I like Adams more mm-hmm. than A.J. Green, but not. I wouldn't say easily. But well, I you're the one who Adams said that well. Andy Dalton was a, a crappy quarterback. You know, and, you know, I mean, you got, you know, Two very talented wide receivers. One guy has the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in football throwing the ball to him, and the other guy has a, a guy who's been a little sch- you know, schizophrenic when it comes to his you know, fantasy production throwing the ball to him. Yeah, but Green's the only option there. So mm-hmm. everything, has to, everything has to filter through him. Rodgers does have other options. Especially now that they've added Jimmy Graham, you do wonder if Adams loses some touchdowns there because what Jimmy Graham does best is really the red mm-hmm. zone, go up and get the ball. At this point in his career, so uh, like I said it, uh, I think it is nitpicking again. But uh, I would take Adams above Green. I, I'm big on. I know Corey uh, Parson, the fantasy executive, is as well. He's big on Adams. I am actually annoyed right now that I don't have any shares of Adams. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, just hasn't worked out for me. I just haven't been able to grab him. He's been going. I think he went with two five. You said seventeenth overall to Jake. Actually, he went later than mm-hmm. that. Jake had the fifth overall pick, so he actually went closer to two. Seventeenth uh, overall two was AJ Green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he went uh, later with Jake. So Jake got a uh, Jake got a break there in my mind because uh, mm-hmm. he has not been available that late in my league. He's going more in the uh, the AJ Green slot. Greens. It seems like all the wide receivers in this draft are slipping. When you think about mm-hmm. it, Thomas at eleven, Beckham at thirteen, Green even at uh, seventeen. That's a slip. 
So it's ball. Mm-hmm. Adams will keep up around a couple of slots later. It seems like uh, running backs were hot and heavy from what I'm seeing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, we had talked about LaShawn McCoy. Uh, he uh, was chosen as RB16 in the uh, third round. He was the three, sixth pick of the third round, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? That's a there's little no, early, no? I mean, what do I think? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think it's right. It's about where he's Guy, going, which I don't like. Because yeah. that's right after. To, pick right after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's really, I mean, that's about right. But the problem is I mm-hmm. won't do it because now <laughs> I know – you know, in round eight, round nine, I have to take uh, Ivory. And if someone else grabs Ivory, I'm not going to be happy. You mm-hmm. know, and I, that's going to worry me some. And I don't like taking players like that. Uh, I mean, would I have taken Geis over McCoy if I was in this draft? I, I've said I've, I've got Geis in so many leagues right now, which is probably not a good thing for me either because I have too many shares. You mentioned he gets hurt. I'm toast. Well, I'm not toast, but mm-hmm. I'm in trouble in a lot of leagues. So uh, I don't like having that many players – I mean, if I play in, uh, let's say, 10 leagues, I don't want to have a player in more than four of them, you know, 40%. Anything more than that, I'm gambling on an injury, and that's, uh, it's, it's going to be devastating. So I think I would have taken uh, – you know what? I think I still would have taken guys. I, I, I'm, I'm that far against McCoy. I just don't trust him right now. And it's not all about the uh, – you know, what's going on with the investigation. It's also about the fact that – we discussed this earlier. This offense sucks. I mean, mm-hmm. Nathan Peterman – I, I, you weren't joking. He might win the, the the starting job there. That's terrible. Which is scary. It's terrible. Yeah, that is scary. Mm-hmm. He has no one to throw to. Kelvin Benjamin is no one's answer for uh, NFL wide receiver one. He's a wide receiver two NFL wise. Fantasy wise, he's a wide receiver four. You know, Charles mm-hmm. plays a tight end two, both in the NFL and fantasy. I mean, there's just no one there for him to throw to. No, this offense is not set up for any of these quarterbacks to succeed. It, they're just not. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zay Jones has been a boss who's had an interesting offseason so far. And uh, he, he may, may or may not develop in the coming years. This offense, in my mind, is going to be a disaster. If, if you're a defensive coordinator, Joe Kalina is a defensive coordinator for anybody. What are you doing when, when you play this team? You're stopping LeSean McCoy. That's mm-hmm, all you're mm-hmm. doing. Yep. You're going to force Peterman yep. or any of these other quarterbacks to beat you. So that's, my, that's really why uh, I, I doubt, I very much doubt, Joe, that I'll have McCoy on any one of my teams unless he slips to round five. Yeah, uh, it doesn't surprise me because uh, you're a conservative drafter, and so am I. So, um, the first quarterback to go off the board, not surprisingly, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers went uh, with the ninth pick of the sixth round. Went to uh, Corey Parson. And, sixth uh, round. Uh, yeah, he. That's a little uh, early for an expert, right? No, no. I, I think. No. Uh, I think I. I might have. Aaron Rodgers' ADP is around round four. Now, I anybody, mm-hmm. everybody who knows, I wait forever on quarterbacks. I'm pretty much a mm-hmm. round ten guy, you know. But if Aaron Rodgers is there in round six, I'm taking him. Yeah, you're now right. The, it's now good the value. value's there. It's good right. value. The value's yes. there. Yeah, now I'm I just saying that round a lot five. of times you wait to the ninth, tenth round to take your quarterbacks. But yeah, but you're right. Uh, I, I, I'm on. I, I'm I, on I, Aaron Rodgers in round five. If Aaron yeah. Rodgers, if I'm in the bottom yeah. half of round five and he's there, I'm taking him. Round six, I'm certainly grabbing mm-hmm. him. I think the value is okay. there at that point. And uh, I, I would have done that as well. I think Corey did a very good job there. Yeah, yeah, getting him in round uh, six, very good. So, yeah, let's take a look at Corey's team since we're talking about him. Uh, he opened up. He had the fourth pick overall, Ezekiel Elliott, who uh, I, I love this year. I'm, I'm sure you're very high on him as well. Uh, but your Cowboys, uh, you're a little disappointed in your Cowboys. And he ended up, uh, he was the one who took uh, McCaffrey uh, with his second pick. So started running back, running back. Uh, and then in the third round, he picked up uh, with the fourth pick of the third round, uh, Allen Robinson. That's his first wide receiver. And he followed that up in the fourth round with Sony Michel. All right, I hate his team uh, pretty do much. Uh, Who do you get in the fifth round? Fifth round, uh, Manuel Sanders. All right, so he's got, uh, he's got Ezekiel Elliott McCaffrey. Uh, Michelle, as his uh, running backs, he's got uh, Allen Robinson, Emmanuel Sanders as his wide receivers, A-Rod Zerri as quarterback. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're all taking – if Ezekiel is there at four, we're all taking him, including me. That mm-hmm. being said, mm-hmm. I worry about this Cowboy. Because uh, uh, what I said about McCoy, the same thing is true for the Cowboys. If you're a defensive mm-hmm. coordinator, everybody's in the box. 
everyone's in the box. I mean, you're going to force Dak Prescott to find one of these receivers uh, to try and beat them, and I don't know if that can be done there. Uh, McCaffrey, I'm not all that high on him either. I don't think – I would have liked to have seen the strength and see who else was available there. I probably would have gone a wide receiver over McCaffrey there. A-Rob, I mean, I know we talked to Jeff earlier today from Chicago, and he's uh, big on A-Rob. He thinks he could be a wide receiver one. Coming back from injury, you're playing with Trubisky, still a, a young quarterback who hasn't uh, done – Whole had a whole lot of success in the NFL yet, and you're playing in Chicago, a team in uh, a place that's not known for, you know, throw the ball all over the place, especially in the second half of the season with the weather. Sony Michelle, I'm not high on with New England. You're playing the New England guessing game. Sanders, I really don't have an issue with. Although once again, you're with the team that's not going to throw the ball all over the place. I mean, I like his, so far the top six picks. I like the bookends. I like Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. A. Rod. Not big on the other guys here. I'm curious to see how Corey's going to fill out this team. Mm, I'll tell you, around seven and eight, he went with Cooper Cup and Devin Funches. So his wide receivers yeah. are A-Rob, Emmanuel Sanders, Cooper Cup, Devin Funches. By the way, you, you do a show with him uh, on Sundays, right? So you could uh, critique him in person on air. I will. I think he knows how I feel about most of these players anyway. But, uh, yeah, if he brings it up, I, I doubt I'll remember to bring it up, actually. But uh, if he does, but we'll talk about his team. And I'm sure he will. He'll want to talk about his flex team. Or maybe he's not happy with it either. This is not a team that I... Uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, most of his players right now. All right. Well, when we come back, why don't we switch gears, talk a little fantasy baseball, uh, talk about the uh, trade, trade deadline moves, uh, close report with George. You're listening to Week in Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. All right. Back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. A little funky music bringing us back in. This is the kind of song that you, 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 you've heard over and over again. I just can't remember who the artist is. But good stuff. Oh, I could ask you, like, me, I have you know, no idea. I know. I could just picture you, like, you know, in kind of a leisure suit with, like, uh, bell bottom pants and uh, platform shoes. You know, walking around to that song, George. That's that's the way I picture that 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 uh, song. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck finding me in a leisure suit, <laughs> bell bottoms, and platform <laughs> shoes ever. Maybe for Halloween. What do you think? Uh better chance. Although odds are probably not even then. Well, let me ask you: Would you bake a cake without a recipe, George? Or would you go to trial for public urination without a lawyer? then why would you go into your fantasy football draft without the Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package, George? We have a fantasy Hall of Famer and the number one overall football accuracy expert on staff writing articles, compiling rankings, projecting 2018 statistics, and answering your pre-draft questions. Our company has been nominated for over 60 fantasy industry awards in the past three years. We are here to help you win. Go to rotoexperts.com and use the code WINNER to get 10% off and give us the honor of leading you to fantasy glory with the exclusive edge fantasy football package. And, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, Halloween checking you out in a uh, leisure suit with the the bell bottoms and the uh, platform shoes. 
Make it happen, yeah. George. I'll, Make it happen. I'll be the guy walking around my neighborhood with two kids in, in tow with like, <laughs> bags of candy that they uh, ring up. Mm-hmm. And it's shocking. You know, time flies, man. Uh, we have a, a month, you know, to the uh, beginning of football season. And before you know it, uh, we'll be in the middle of football season, which is right around Halloween, right? You're right in the thick of fantasy football season. But uh, but let's uh, – we, we've talked a lot about fantasy football so far in the show. But uh, – Fantasy baseball leagues still going strong. So uh, let's talk a little closer situation, uh, you know, post-trade deadline, right? So uh, why don't we just go uh, uh, team by team here. Uh, so the uh, Braves, uh, they uh, picked up Brad Brock, but uh, he probably is not going to be the closer. He hasn't been closing, right? A.J. Minter is the one who's been getting, still getting the uh, safe situations. And uh, uh, Vizcayano still on the disabled list, right? Yeah, this guy, uh, he's still weeks away. Uh, so it's strange uh, what, what happened with him. He was on the DL with the shoulder, came back, and went, went back on the DL. Uh, Minter's the guy you want. Brock's not going to close for this mm-hmm. team unless uh, Minter can't pitch that day for whatever reason. Uh, Brock is really more of a setup guy, seventh-eighth inning man. Minter's pitched well. Uh, it could even be a situation where when this guy, if and when he comes back, that's not automatically Vizcano automatically getting the closing uh, role again. They may split it. They may stick with Minter, or they may go righty-lefty because Minter's a left-hander. Mm-hmm. Vizcano's a right-hander. So they could go just according to uh, who they need at that point in the game, eighth inning, ninth inning. They need a right-hander to get the the, uh, the ounce or the left-hander. Mm-hmm. And uh, no changes uh, with the Diamondbacks. They acquired uh, Brad Ziegler, but uh, Brad Roxburg- Boxberger is still the guy there, obviously, right? Yeah, I mean, Ziegler may put some pressure on Boxberger, but uh, right now it's still mm-hmm. Boxberger's job. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned Brad Brock getting traded to the Braves and, of course, Zach Britton uh, getting traded to the Yankees. Do we care who is going to get safe opportunities uh, for the Baltimore Orioles at this stage? Yeah, you pretty much t- uh, took my joke there. Uh, we don't care. Hmm. Uh, Michael mm-hmm. Givens is the guy I would bet on, but how many wins are they going to get the rest of the season? You know, unless they're playing the Yankees, mm-hmm. they seem to play them pretty well. But uh, it's just uh, it's been an ugly season for Baltimore. Not going to get any better. They don't have much left there. If you're desperate, I mean, hey, every save counts. Michael Givens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago Cubs. What's the story with uh, Brandon Morrow? When, when's he expected? Is there a timeline as to when he could come back? I mean, Pedro Strop is the guy getting close uh, save opportunities at this stage. But uh, how far along do we think Morrow is? Well, he's just started to throw again, so he's still probably best-case scenario mid-August for his return. You know, I've said this many times in the, uh, the, the close report, which I write for Roto Experts, comes out on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. that uh, even mm-hmm. before the injury, that they were playing it very cautious with him. He, they were skipping him some save opportunities, and I'm not talking on when he was going to go three, four days in a row. I thought it was like uh, a second day in a row. Also, he wasn't getting those opportunities. You know, so there were yellow flags there. Then he got hurt, and obviously the red flags went up. So uh, I do think he uh, is still the closer upon his return. I do. Mm-hmm. But to say he's going to be you know, the lockdown guy, no doubt, no. Strop is, uh, is doing well, getting the job done. Uh, so Marlon's the guy you want, but like I said, at least, like I would say, 10 days away. That's if everything goes well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago White Sox. Uh, Joaquin Soria was uh, traded to the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Nate Jones still on the DL. Uh, Jace Fry had some issues. Uh, I think it was on Friday night, Santiago got uh, the save. Do we look into that at all, or is it just a, a one-off? Well, this is another team you can make an argument where it doesn't matter. You know, uh, not, not <laughs> right. going to get a lot of wins there either. You said that, uh, mm-hmm. Jace Fry was the guy we thought, but he struggled. I think it'll be a rotating. If, I, if I'm going to bet right now, sure, I'll, I'll go Fry, but it could be Santiago. If Nate Jones ever comes back, Jean-Marc Gomez is there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a mess. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how about the Astros? Is that a mess? I mean, they, uh, they picked up Roberto Osuna. Uh, you know, in your article, you said you could basically write an entire column <laughs> regarding the Astros acquisition of Osuna. Interesting, right? With uh, the situation with Verlander and him, you know, trash talking and all that stuff. This was a move I don't understand. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not, it's not even really something to joke about. Uh, cause, and I know my, if, you wrote my, if you read what I wrote, it did come off my, that I was being more sarcastic, but I really wasn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Hector Rondon's doing a fine job. 
All right, fine, Jeff. The mm-hmm. day before, maybe it was two days before, Justin Verlander and Lance McCullers ripped apart one of their uh, minor league guys who, who was released for a domestic violence incident. I think he was caught on video uh, hitting his girlfriend or his wife. I forget who, which one it was. All right, and then the next day, you require someone who's in the middle of a suspension for the same thing, whose case has not even gone through the court system? I mean, and, mm-hmm. and you have a zero tolerance policy. Well, that's bullshit. Obviously, you have mm-hmm. tolerance. You know, oh, no, we have tolerance. We only we have zero tolerance for guys in our system, not guys who are out. Give me a freaking break. You know, let the PR machine go here. Uh, so this was surprising to me, especially when Rondon has pitched so well. Well, you really didn't need him. You know, now you bring in on a swing, you take on this PR nightmare. You saw Verlander the next day, oh, automatically have to retract. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see mm-hmm. how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it, how it plays out. And, and all this other crap. This is all true in, with everything. Think about it. Everybody hates the uh, steroid guys unless it's on their team. Then they understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. He won't do it. You know, it's all this other crap. It's really it's just the way it is. Uh, in really, all walks of life, not just uh, sports. So, I guess if you want to stick to fantasy, Osuna's going to be the closer. And it'll be next week. You, you didn't acquire him which is for a decent price. I mean, regardless of what you think about Giles and his antics, he's still a pretty good closer. He got two other prospects for Toronto. And take on this PR nightmare and then have him be a setup guy. So he's mm-hmm. going to be the closer. If he's available, you probably should grab him. He's pitched uh, Osuna's. Uh, it's, this is not like football where uh, when you're suspended, you can't play for the team. Osuna has been in the minor leagues for the past couple of weeks. I, think, I know he's had like eight, nine appearances, and he's pitched very well. So he's ready to go here. He will be the closer sooner rather than later. So Osuna, if he's available in your league and you need saves, hell, even if you don't need saves, you should probably be claiming to keep him away from other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that this upsets the, the balance in the clubhouse? You know, p- bring This is why I wouldn't have done Osuna? it. I'm not making mm-hmm. this move if I'm a team because, yes, it could. Because, I mean, it, already mm-hmm. makes, it automatically makes Verlander look, look like a fool. <laughs> and, and, I mean, it does. He looks like a fool. Because mm-hmm. one day he says one thing, and the next day he has to retract. You know, right. uh, and McCullough's saying, oh, I didn't hear McCullough's retract, but I'm sure he did too. You know, so mm-hmm. it makes him look like a fool. And uh, you have, you're going to have players in there. Listen, Joe, you and I are fathers. I'm a father to two young mm-hmm. girls. You think I'm, if mm-hmm. I'm playing in this clubhouse, I'm going to be thrilled about having a, uh, a guy, granted he hasn't been uh, convicted of it yet, but from all evidence, he did it. And that, But mm-hmm. this guy's playing for my team now, and we acquired him? And now I gotta be, I gotta, he's my teammate and I gotta be friends with him? Screw that. Gotta fly, That's gonna be very fly hard. with him and you know, hang out with right. him. Yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. Be a teammate. Do everything you gotta do with these guys. What do they all, all, what do they all say in all these sports? Oh, it seems like a big long war and we had a camaraderie and all this other uh, stuff. You know, now mm-hmm. you wanna go to battle with this guy? No, I really don't. So uh, mm-hmm. I said, I, it just shows. You know, and this is, once again, this is in all walks of life. In the NFL, it's, uh, the anthem everybody gets what's said about, only two things matter in professional sports. Winning and money. That's all that mm-hmm. matters. Everything else doesn't, nothing means, doesn't mean crap. And that's all Houston cares mm-hmm. about. They proved it with this deal. All they care about is winning. They don't care about anything else. Mm-hmm. It's a business, unfortunately. So, um, so yeah, we're hoping that maybe it does upset the, uh, the clubhouse uh, balance because it looks like our Yankees are going to have to play uh, the Astros. Man, the Yankees have been tanking, haven't they? Well, hey, they aren't my Yankees. I don't own a piece of them. Yeah, I'm a fan of the team. I'll never, I try not to say my Yankees. Uh, Yankees. I like to I say mean, my Yankees. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Yankees, as far as that is concerned, is <laughs> they were never better than Boston. Said that. Said this in March. You know, in baseball, mm-hmm. it's sort of like in, in. You know, when I judge teams, the first thing I look at in hockey, I look at the goaltenders. You know, who's your goalie? If you have a good goal, te- good goalie, then I'll tell you the better team. In football, it's the quarterback. In baseball, it's starting rotation. And the Yankees' starting rotation coming into the season was never going to hold up. It was never going to hold up. And it was never better than yeah. Boston's. Because you Severino and Sale pretty much, this is back in March, they can't cancel each other out. You know, it ends up being right now where Sale's a better pitcher than Severino. Severino's having his issues. Uh, then mm-hmm. Sonny Gray had issues last year. Tanaka was terrible last year outside of September. You know, Montgomery was you know, a rookie. Who cares? Sabathia is a five-and-fly five and guy who's going to tire as the season goes on. He's going to need some DL stints. They, this, this team was never better. Then Sale, Porcello, Price, whatever you think about Price, yeah, great, great. He can't pitch against the Yankees, pitches well against everybody else. You know, and, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez and uh, Drew Pomeranz. This was never better than them. And the offense certainly, at best, was equal. For, for the Yankees' uh, view, at best was equal. The Yankee advantage was in the bullpen. You know, and, mm-hmm. they, and that's showing some signs. The Yankees don't play fundamentally good baseball, haven't for years. You know, right? What I mean by that is 
They don't move runners over. They're hitting their batting average with runners in scoring position is really bad. You know, they, they, they beat teams because the they run. have so many chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they live on the mm-hmm. home run. They live on the three-run home run the grand. But even that's not coming this year. They're having trouble with that. They're hitting a lot of solo shots because they don't hit well with people on base. And their defense, at best, is average. You know, mm-hmm. at best is average. You know, and Aaron Boone has made some mistakes at match. I don't really think everybody's on Boone like there's no tomorrow. You know, uh, I think he's, the, you know, pretty much the worst manager ever. He's made some mistakes, sure, but a lot of this isn't on him. You know, the team just hasn't played that well. Uh, and it's, and I said, it's not surprising. I, th- I always thought Boston was the better team. I figured the Yankees were the wild card team, Severino up against whoever they have to uh, face. You got to win that game and you move on. You know, but that being said, they look terrible right now. They, they truly mm-hmm. do. Their uh, rotation is a mess. J.A. Happ, for those wondering, is supposed to make his next start, which will be Thursday, and that'll be versus Texas so that, uh, in the Yankee Stadium, so that could be uh, good for you. Sonny Gray's been taken out of the rotation. Uh, and, you know, I, I didn't <laughs> like the Sonny Gray trade. The film. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't Sweet. mean anything. I know, but it's just a, an odd look. Are booing yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. Mm-hmm. You see, I, 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 people <laughs> way overblow things out of proportion. Because you smile, I don't care. Uh, that he's smiling, pitch better. Uh, I, I hated the, uh, I shouldn't say hate, I didn't like the Sonny Gray trade when it happened, but the reason I didn't like it is because I figured, well, he'll pitch well when he pitches, but he'll get hurt. And why do you want to mm-hmm. give up Blake Rutherford, uh, Fowler, and uh, uh, Mejia? And I didn't want to do that. It ended up being the exact opposite. He hasn't gotten hurt, just can't pitch. He can't pitch in Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium specifically. So he's going to have to be traded in the offseason, which is going to make more rotation problems for next year. Tanaka is just starting to pitch well again. The first three months of the season, he was terrible. You know, Sabathia, like I said, wearing down, which is what he does every year. Yeah, so the Yankees have all sorts of issues here. And people who think this this race is in the American League East isn't over yet, it's over. It's been over for a while. You're actually mm-hmm. Seattle. You're closer to Seattle and Oakland, for that matter, than you are to Boston. You better worry about those two teams. You know, Seattle's also falling apart, by the way. I think they got the same problem as the Yankees uh, as far as rotation issues there. Oakland's a team you got to worry about. Not so much that you're not going to make the playoffs, but you don't want to play that wild card game in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, kind of with you in terms of begrudgingly, I'll, I'll say, hey, you know, the uh, the Red Sox are the best team in the AL. Well, can you really say that? I mean, I think you know, health wise, how, how everybody's healthy. Yeah. I still think it's mm-hmm. Houston. I think health wise, mm-hmm. right now it's Boston. Yeah, Houston's banged up; right. they've got some issues. But if everyone's healthy, Altuve on the yeah, if, yeah. if Boston and Houston play in the, uh, the ALCS, I mean. Once again, Verlander. It's a good match. Charlie Morton, mm-hmm. Garrett. Oh, it'll be fun. Garrett Cole, mm-hmm. Lance McCullers. I'll take that starting staff over Boston's. You know, I think that's where they, I think both teams have very good offenses. I'll take that starting staff. I would give Boston the edge on offense, but not a huge edge. But the starting edge, I will, because you know Porcello had been not pitching well until last night, and he looked like God. You know, Price, I mm-hmm. mentioned, has been ups and downs, mainly against the Yankees, but he hasn't pitched well in the playoffs, David Price. And Eduardo Rodriguez, you don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. He's just started to throw again. Uh, Nathan Iovaldi, I expect him to be more of a long man in the playoffs rather than a starter, but that could change if Eduardo Rodriguez isn't ready. Either way, I- I'd give Houston uh, an edge here, but I think those are the two best teams in the American League. I'm not even sure it's all that close right now. Cleveland's really never gotten off the ground all season, and we just went through the Yankees with all their issues. Mm-hmm. And Sale being on the DL, uh, as long as it's nothing too serious, it's almost beneficial to them, right? And just a little, a little rest. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. When I saw him go on the DL before the Yankee series, I was like, mm-hmm. "What the hell? What the hell happened to him?" That was surprising to me. I it wouldn't have shocked me at all if he went on the DL next week. You know, because Boston mm-hmm. has a history of doing this, and this is not a negative, by the way. You know, because I think I think it's smart. You know, with pitches like that, give him a two-week break during the middle of the season. Yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I know it's a little bit more than the middle now, but give him a two-week break. They used to do it with Pedro Martinez, and the Yankees have done it too, by the way. But you give these guys a two-week break, little rest, you know, and uh, get them healthy for their uh, second half of the season. Boards has played it very smart with Sale. They've taken him out in games mm-hmm. where, you know, we're winning 8 nothing. take him out to six innings, watch his pitch count. They want him healthy. They re- Boston realizes the regular season doesn't mean much. For Boston, it's all right. about the playoffs. Make sure Chris Sale is Chris Sale in the playoffs. Smart move by Boston, but I was surprised that it was before the Yankee series. That did raise a yellow flag for me. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly he's going to be back uh, this Wednesday, so doesn't appear to be anything too serious. And, uh, you know, 
Red Sox can't take away. They've had a very good season, but you know, uh, you know, I think Paul O'Neill mentioned it on the Yankee uh, broadcast. They they really haven't had uh, too many major injuries, you know. So, you know, that that has helped as well. It has. Well, they've lost. Uh, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez got hurt. Uh, Kinsler's actually just went on with DL uh, today. He got hurt last night during in the yeah. Yankee game. Uh, mm-hmm. Devers is on with DL. They've had their shit. They haven't had the major ones. No, they haven't had exactly. lost guys. Right. You know, Sanchez has been out lost twice now. You know, for the Yankees, mm-hmm. that's hurt. The Torres was out. The Yankees' rotation's a mess. They haven't had those problems, but uh, still, even when even if they uh, had, they'd still be the better team. There you go. When we come back, more closer talk, more fantasy baseball talk as well. In terms of the trade deadline moves, maybe even some uh, waiver wire moves for you. We'll be back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, George Kurtz, the Fantasy Prince, Sean Angle. Remember this song, George? Devo? Whip it. Whip it good. I, I do, I do. It was, it was a good tune back then. Where they, uh, they had another good song, too. I think they're, so I guess they're a two-hit wonder, not a one-hit wonder. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the second one, but maybe uh, maybe it's just my, my mind... Uh, Faltering here, but we'll give uh, Sean something to do over the last er- segment. <laughs> yeah, early '80s, right? This was a early '80s band, right? '80s, like we've s- yeah. said before, interesting uh, decade when it comes to music. It was, it was a good time though. At MTV music videos, mm-hmm. I used to love yeah. MTV with them when they actually played music videos. Man, I would, uh, I'd actually record that back in the day. If I was out, you record six, eight hours of music videos and watch mm-hmm, when you got mm-hmm. home. There you go. There you go. And now uh, the main MTV channel does not play any <laughs> any music videos. I think you got to go to like MTV uh, 13 to, to watch videos and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's let's, sad. Let's, yeah. <laughs> it's just sad. Just sad. And then this was years. They changed this what 20 years ago. It wasn't like it was. Uh, this mm-hmm. just happened. It was. Oh, I right. used to love music videos. Depressing. You depressed yeah, me, Joe. The, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, buddy. But if you look at uh, your your cable provider, or whatnot, and if they carry like the multiple MTV channels, I think there are some shows on one of the extended MTV networks that show like the '80s videos. Because let's face it, they were good. There was a artistic license taken. I mean, it wasn't just like you put out a song or whatnot. But we already went through the issue where once albums. Uh, went away and then CDs came out and stuff and, and now with the digital music where there's individual songs that come out like back in the day an album you know you, bands and and, and and musicians took really a lot of care into you know the, the the order of the music that went on it was like a theme you know part of an album right you had the album cover and whatnot music has changed a lot yeah it, and it's changed tremendously a lot I think I think music nowadays sucks pretty much but uh I don't know, uh, just like TV, I don't think there are too many original that, ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mm-hmm. just think this. Uh, oh, it's like TV and movies. There's just no original mm-hmm. ideas anymore. Everyone's copying mm-hmm. or rehashing, and it's like, ugh, it makes me right, just right. Uh, rebooting. Certainly yeah. in movies, and all we see in movies mm-hmm. nowadays is superheroes or remakes. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the uh, yeah, I, I'm a critic of the reboots as well just like you. But one of the ones I kind of liked this week, they said that, <laughs> that ALF is, is coming back. You remember ALF? Oh, God. I didn't like the original. <laughs> oh, I love the original. Uh, from Melmac? Stay say in Melmac. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Alien life you know form, what, uh, right? There you go, yeah. For a guy that doesn't like ALF, you know a lot about him. Uh, yeah, well, I guess uh, things just uh, dwindle in. I, I, I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. seen a full episode of ALF. But uh, I was really? a fan of some furry bear or whatever the hell he was uh, talking on screen. So no, I, mean, uh, I think it was on Monday. So alien. 
I think I watched MacGyver back There you then. go. Look at that. Look at this. Look at Sean. This is the theme song to the Alf, uh, the original Alf show. Sean, you are, I guess, it, you are I guess he couldn't find a Devo producer, second right? song. <laughs> great stuff. Sean, are you, uh, are you familiar with Alf? He's uh, way before just, your time. Just a character, but I never watched the show, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they say he's being rebooted, but he's already been rebooted a couple of times. Like, he hosted his own talk show, <laughs> I think, for about a year. So he just, Alf never goes away. Booted off a of TV. Yeah. And last week we talked about Frasier. That uh, the thinking about re- I think we mentioned that last week. Never seen that either. Frasier being rebooted. Uh, that was a great show. That I know I've never seen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you weren't a or Seinfeld fan, for that right? matter. Uh, Cheers. Oh, wow. uh, no, I mean, never watched really Cheers either. I think I watched uh, well, Magnum hmm. back then was on at nine or Simon and yeah, Simon. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm more a crime show guy. You know, f- yeah, because Frasier was. Uh, an offshoot of the Cheers, uh, you know, uh, sitcom. But, right, uh, so if you didn't watch one, you probably didn't watch well, yeah. the other. Right, right. But I, I enjoyed both. But uh, uh, we're going to get back to fantasy in a second, but th- I have to share this with you, George. I just saw uh, a, a little story about uh, the Frasier star. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Kelsey Grammer? There you go, yeah. So with his, in terms of... With his fourth wife, supposedly he's had her name tattooed like near his private parts, uh, to uh, just so that this is going in, in the TMI to... category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so that in case he tries to cheat on her, the person that he's cheating with will know uh, that uh, you know he he's uh, committed to someone else. Just in case Kelsey Grammer forgot. So, Boy, a lot of trust uh, in that relationship, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'll marry hey, honey, you. I know you've had three wives. I'll marry you, but you get a tattoo. <laughs> Go tattoo your penis. Yeah, that, that's not going to happen anytime soon for me. I don't know if it was the actual right. penis, but... Uh, yeah. I don't care what it was. I'm not tattooing anywhere near that lady. This is... I think... I think... I think... Uh, I think our, uh, Sean found... Is this the, the Devo song you were referring to? This is South I'm familiar? listening. I'm trying George? to... It doesn't right now, but uh, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, definitely not the Devo song I was uh, I was counting on. <laughs> you know, since, since we're going to be uh, and since, since we're in the media entertainment group here, I heard that Charlie Sheen's close to broke. How can that happen? Really? Well, it's Charlie Sheen. I guess he, I know I, how it happens, but yeah, I, I guess he's not winning. <laughs> no, he's not winning. He's, uh, <laughs> He's trying to get, uh, I guess, a divorce settlement. He's trying to get the alimony down to what Denise Richards and some other woman that he married, uh, get mm-hmm. the payments down. But you would think just the royalties alone, two and a half men, he'd have plenty of money coming in. And this guy did, you know, right. ten, twelve, fifteen other movies. It's, I, I used to love Charlie Sheen before he actually went off the deep end. I thought he was a pretty good actor. He he was in uh, Major League too, right? Wasn't he Wild Thing? Or no? Was yeah, that, he was uh, Major League. He was yeah, in yeah. Uh, Hot yeah, yeah. Shots, uh, Navy Seals. Mm-hmm. He was in a bunch of movies. Uh, like I said, I'm a, mm-hmm. I was a Charlie Sheen fan. And Major League, yeah. uh, I guess. Uh, okay, we'll ask questions to both of you. What's your What's your favorite? Give me your top three favorite baseball movies. Wow, uh, what's the one with uh, Brad Pitt? A baseball uh, movie with Brad Pitt. Yeah, he played uh, the um, GM of the Oakland A's. What was that called? Oh, oh, Moneyball. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorites. I don't know if it's my favorite favorite, but Major League is up there. That's you know number two, um, and I'm going way back. But the the uh, Lou Gehrig story, I, I like that one too, and that's you know not a yeah, comedy, not your typical. Yeah, but you know. I'd have uh, Major League. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably going to have the Field of Dreams and the Natural. There's uh, mm-hmm. Those oh, are my favorites. Was, I mean, Bu- oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Bull Dorn would have to be in here as well. And there's a one mm-hmm. on, an, I think it was an HBO movie back in, I would say, the 80s with uh, William Peterson, which for those who don't know the name, that's Gil Grissom from CSI, the star of that show before he was Gil Grissom. And uh, he's mm-hmm. a completely different character. If you want to see him in a completely different role, pretty much a, uh, you know, uh, an alcoholic womanizer, uh, baseball player, but it's mm-hmm. a very good movie. Uh, Long Gone. It was also a very good baseball mm-hmm. movie by the minor leagues. I, I take it from the way that you responded. You never saw Moneyball. Oh, I saw Moneyball. I would have put it in my yeah, top yeah. three, but I saw it. Sure, it was, it was a good, yeah. solid I really movie. Like I, that no, movie. I have no was, issues yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I said I'm, I'm a draft day fan with uh, Kevin Costner too. And, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah Bull Durham. Like I mean, stuff. Bull Durham's great. Like uh, once again, Costa mm-hmm. makes a lot. And the natural. He makes a lot of good sports <laughs> movies. The Natural Robert Redford mm-hmm. is a. Uh, well, obviously, it's unrealistic, but it's a. Uh, it's a. Yeah, it's I didn't a good mention watch. it, but it was yes, yes, absolutely. All Major right, League. So though, let's finish up with. I think Major League is my favorite. <laughs> it's entertaining. It's definitely entertaining. It's funny. Um, yes. You, so, know, you uh, know what bothers me most about Major League? I'm not going to let you get back. Yeah, the part that bothers fine, me most about Major League is when uh, Tom Berenger uh, goes to his ex-girlfriend's uh, hotel room, wherever the hell she's living, and, she, and he ends up be, uh, seeing her family there or her uh, fiancé's family, and they ask him how mm-hmm. much he makes, and he's like, size, I only make the Major League minimum. Yeah, that's like 750000 Yeah, that's such a bad uh, job there. I mean, they make it sound like the, the Major League minimum, which granted back then was probably 500000 but they make it sound like it's $38,000. I mean, you're doing just fine at half a million dollars. You'll be good. There you go. There you go. Unfortunately, it's a short uh, career, right? But you're right. <laughs> you're right. It's nothing to sneeze at. So uh, should we get back to a little uh, fantasy baseball talk, or do you have any more movies you want to mention or, or whatnot? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we, we can get back to fantasy baseball talk. Yeah. All right. What the heck? All right. So Keone Keller. Not surprising that he uh, that, that the Rangers moved him, but uh, you know, perfect example of a guy that just was a, a lights out closer, but uh, not going to get the same opportunities anymore. Right? Pirates uh, man, they they've been making a nice run. Right? Good for the Pirates. You know, good for the Pirates. Yeah. Well, I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is going to – actually, I should say I don't know. I don't think it's going to pay off as far as a playoff mm-hmm. uh, berth. But good for them to uh, sort of re- maybe reinvigorate the fan base after giving away Garrett Cole. You know, mm-hmm. Andrew McCutcheon, two fan favorites are gone. So good for them to go out and add there. This has been a trying year, though, for closers. I think it's been worse since I've been doing the closer report for Roto Experts, which is past five, six years. I think this is the, mm-hmm. uh, the worst I've seen. As far as the closes, what I mean by that is, man, these guys are now getting traded. <laughs> I mean, it's bad mm-hmm. enough that we got to deal with injuries and replacements because this guy uh, you know, is not pitching well, so we're going with the other guy. But now you're getting uh, – how many, how many closes were traded this year? I know I counted in the article. I think it was 10. Where clo- uh, guys who were closing for their team then got dealt. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's right. a new thing we're seeing now. This all started with the Yankees trading Araldis uh, Chapman to the Cubs. You know, because the Yankees got that big hole, got Gleyber Torres, a couple other players, blah, 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 blah. And uh, although other teams aren't going to get that kind of hole, we're seeing teams move, do this now. Well, we got a closer. Closer on is important. They change year to year anyway. If we can get a good prospect, a good couple of prospects by, at the deadline, we'll move them. And we're seeing it over and over again where teams are trading their top flight closers. And we're seeing other teams Padres realize move their closer. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't have a top flight mm-hmm. rotation, well, let's try and shorten the game. Let's try and make it a six-inning mm-hmm. game, a seven-inning game. Or in the Yankees' case, the Yankees could make it a four-inning game if only they can get their starting pitches to go that far. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Mets, two cares, right? But it looks like Swarzak is uh, going to be the <laughs> wow. closer for now. <laughs> sure, if I had to bet. But you heard Mickey Calloway say, and I think he's the one guy who I might believe uh, when they traded mm-hmm. uh, Familiar, that we're pretty much going with committee. Who's ever available that day gives us the best chance to close. He will use, I think, any one of those relievers at any time. But if you're asking me to mm-hmm. bet on which guy it'll be, sure, I'll go with Swarzak, but I don't think that'll be game in and game out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly, Sir Anthony uh, Dominguez got the save on Friday night, but uh, you mentioned Victor Arano as someone to keep an eye on uh, in Philadelphia as well. Dominguez is the best reliever there. You know, I don't think there's any doubt mm-hmm. about that. But he seems to struggle when pitching on back-to-back days. So he got the save last night. But it's liable to be Arano tonight if they need a save situation. You know, so that's an mm-hmm. issue there. And also, I think Dominguez, you know, they might end up using him like the Yankees used to use Dylan Patances, where he can get four outs, mm-hmm. five outs. They've done that uh, before. I think they'll continue to do that. And if those outs come in the seventh inning, if that's when the game's on the line, I think Gabe Kapler's liable to use him then. And I, don't, I think that's a good idea. I think most people do. Yeah, he's not someone you uh, that's going to be pigeonholed into the ninth inning here. So, uh, Dominguez, he's the guy you want. He's the better pitcher. But if you're desperate for saves and there's no one else out there, Arano could get you a smattering of saves between here and September. Mm. All right. We have a few minutes left in the show. Uh, tell me about uh, some of the uh, the trade deadline moves that you that you liked. Did you like the uh, Chris Archer move? We just talked about the Pirates. Uh, Archer didn't have such a good Good first start with the uh, the Pirates uh, on Friday night, but uh, yeah, we've talked about Chris Archer in the past, how he's kind of you know uh, regressed a bit the past few years, but maybe uh, moving over to the NL could help him out. 
helped revive his career. Well, anybody who moves to the National League, this includes Cole Hamels, you know, they're going to get a bump, a bump up, mm-hmm. because you're pitching in a weaker, uh, weaker lineups. Right? You're facing the pitcher. You're facing uh, generally the eighth place hitter. Uh, eighth place hitter isn't all that good either. You're facing weaker lineups. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a bump up because of that. Now, when it comes to uh, Archer, you wonder, what happened to this guy? And his ERA's been over four now for two years. He didn't pitch all that well in his first start yesterday. Uh, what's going on here? So I, I, don't, I don't know what to think here. I think it's a good shot for Pittsburgh, but I think that right now, without knowing who this third prospect is, and they say whoever this third prospect is, this is a legitimate prospect. This is not some throw-in. So whoever the PTBNL is, he's going to be somebody valuable. Right now, Tampa got a couple of... I mean, Glasnow is pretty much a failed prospect. Austin Meadows hasn't got much of a chance, so that's, that's legitimate. But who is this third guy? So I think before you can grade this mm-hmm. trade, you need to find out who this third guy is. Is it, somebody, is it really somebody that good? So I'm curious to see who it is here. I think Tampa probably did the right thing here. Because uh, when you look at Archer, he's a very slight of build, right? So you wonder if he's going to keep mm-hmm. breaking down the rest of his career or never be able to make 30-plus starts again, throw 200 innings. But I'm curious to see who this third guy is. And I also wonder, when, you, when you're going to trade someone like Archer... Maybe you would have wanted to do this in the offseason. You know, maybe you want to wait mm-hmm. until, you know, one of these, uh, I know they won't trade with the Yankees, but let's say a team like the Yankees or any other team, doesn't matter. If they aren't able to acquire another starter, then they have to come to you and the price goes higher. Plus, you can involve all 29 other teams rather than teams that are just in it. So I wonder that as well. But in the end, I think this could be a trade that works out for both teams if Archer can figure it out. Hmm. Uh, Brewers made a couple of deals, right? They got uh, Jonathan Scope. Uh, and Jonathan VR moves over to the Orioles. VR actually is someone who you might have on uh, your waiver wire. <laughs> uh, any uh, love for him going to play in a in hitter's park? Well, with VR, you don't care about the hitter's park. Milwaukee's a hitter's park. What you care about is stolen mm-hmm. bases. Get healthy and steal bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really all mm-hmm. that VR is going to, uh, what his biggest value will be. Uh, I think it, I found this very Curious from Milwaukee's viewpoint. I think with Milwaukee, they wanted pitching, couldn't find it, couldn't get it, weren't willing to pay the price for what was out there. So they decided, we're going to be the late 80s Yankees. We're going to try to win every game 9-8. We're going to try and outslug people. Because yeah. yeah. this, pitching, this mm-hmm. pitching staff is iffy. And also now, you have uh, like 18 second and third, and third baseman and first baseman. Who's playing shortstop? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to play Arcia there, that means one of Shaw, Moustakis, and Scope has to sit. So how did this trade make mm-hmm. sense? If, gonna, if Scope stays in your lineup and Shaw comes out, I mean, is it the same player? So this trade really made very little sense to me. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Dodgers picking up Brian Dozier? Dodgers all in, no? The Dodgers definitely all in. They're the best team in the National League. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny, though. The same situation as Milwaukee. Someone good has to sit. Turner came back. Uh, it, and we heard Dave Roberts immediately say after the trade that, uh, that Dozier wouldn't be an everyday player. Now, Dozier, Dozier mm-hmm. got off to a good start. It looks like Chris Taylor may be the guy who's left out here. That's probably the right choice there. I'd probably play Dozier. Obviously, play Machado and Jay, uh, Turner. Taylor can move around, play some outfield, second base, be more of a utility guy here. I think Dozier plays more often than not. Taylor is the one who gets hurt the most. Mm. Any, uh, just as we head out to uh, end our show, anybody that you're looking at off the waiver wire in uh, fantasy baseball? Well, you know, with the opportunities, there are new closers out there all over the place. Yeah, we talked about some of them. Those are the guys you're going to look at. Every save uh, is important. And it's August, folks. More trades are going are to happen in the Major League Baseball. That's right. That's right. There you go. Thanks to Sean Angle doing a great job producing our show. Thanks to George Kurtz for hanging out with me. Thank you for listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great week, everyone.